ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, but you knew that already. You always know it. I always say it. It's a habit. Um, when you hit the record button, there's like this awkward moment of, oh my God, how do I start? How do I do this? And um, that's my uh, my fallback, I guess. <laughs> um, this is an awesome one. Uh, I've been waiting to do this show in some capacity for a really long time, years, literally, waiting, knowing that this was coming, driving past, seeing this project, um, not seeing the project. You, you would look, you'd drive past, are they really doing this here? It doesn't look any different, you know. Cartridge Brewing Company. Um, let's, let's start out, let's just kind of run down the table, everybody introduce yourselves um, so people can hear your voice and know who is who. Yep. I'm Anthony Cook. Uh, Adam Mills. Lindsay Hackbarth. Kyle Hackbarth. Perfect. Um, it happened, you guys. You have a brewery. It's hard to <laughs> believe, right? <laughs> you, so for anybody who doesn't know what this place is, it's in the, uh, the old Peter's Cartridge Factory in Mainville. Um, if you've seen it, you know it. If you, uh, um, if you grew up in this area at all. Um, so I, I'm a photographer. Um, going to school as a photographer, this was the spot you mm-hmm. would sneak in and uh, take your pictures and <laughs> get some really beautiful stuff. And it's, it might have been improved upon. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you walk back here now, and um, there's, number one, there's a parking lot, which is really strange to, to see here. Um, there's windows. It looks like an actual place now. It's just, it's really, really exciting to see. And, um, and we'll, we'll dive into kind of the ins and outs of how this all came about and the uh, trials and tribulations there. <laughs> Many. <laughs> Many. Mm-hmm. Well, there's... I mean, we'll just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of projects that have tried to um, start in some really, really cool historical buildings here in Cincinnati, and all of, almost all of them have, um, have petered out, you know, we'll use the mm-hmm. Peter word, have <laughs> 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 petered out because it just is so difficult to take a space that's this old that has been sitting empty for so long and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm impressed that you guys were able to uh, to actually make it happen and, and stick with it. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... A couple I, of times we didn't think it would happen. No, no. I was, right. was going to say, I, I don't think um, when we started this journey. So, you, you know, many people don't understand really how long it has been. Like, I joke it's three years, but it was very early 2017 that we, uh, you know, essentially met with the developer and started this conversation and and the developer schedule was definitely not 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, oh yeah, this is going to happen and then we have the funding and the whole thing and and you know, I, I've said to the team, you know, uh I don't know, maybe a month ago, I was like, should we just have put up a chain link fence, put in a brew deck and some picnic tables and like an outhouse, right? It would have been a lot less problems, but like what has come out of this like has has he floored even me and and we've been part of the project you know leading the charge but um we knew it was going to be difficult i don't think at times we knew it was going to be this difficult um well it, it, you, you joke about putting up a chain link fence and some picnic tables that used to be something you could do yep. and people didn't think anything of it you know in the process of starting this project the expectations of what a brewery and and maybe it's you know only in some cities where it's been developed enough like like Cincinnati, but um, the expectation now is that 
things are a little bit nicer, that you can bring your whoever family member that doesn't even really like to drink and they're still comfortable here. Their food, you know, the, these, these other things that um, are part of mm-hmm. a taproom experience are now expectations when you do something. And um, I don't know that that necessarily was the case when, when you started the project, but um, it definitely is now. <laughs> and yeah. so thank God you guys did things the way that you did. And, um, <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll, I'll take some pictures and I'll have them up on social media and stuff so you guys will be able to see what this looks like if you haven't made it out here yet. But um, would you, you know, the uh, grand opening weekend is a little strange because 2020, because yep. um, everything's strange right now. <laughs> um, but uh, so if you didn't get a ticket for opening weekend, this, this show posts on Monday. So um, if you didn't get down here this weekend, it, it will get a little more normal as things go on. And you'll be able to get here. But um, until then, you can look at some pictures <laughs> and, and listen. But we need to drink a beer because um, From the beer it's a beer fridge. podcast. Yeah. And as of right now, it's 3 p.m. and I have not had a beer today, so I need to. Am <laughs> I just starting from the left and working my way yep. through? Or? Left yep. to right. Um, what's this first one? That's on you, buddy. Um, that is grenade, correct? <laughs> you yeah. left the board up there. All right. It goes well, in order. How about right. that? That makes sense. <laughs> um, so grenade is uh, grenade is a is a light drinking, um, easy drinking beer. Um, it kind of features some of the uh, some of the ester profile from the yeast used, we're using uh, a Norwegian strain of yeast called Kvik in that beer, um, which can kind of contribute to uh, fruity aromas. There's also um, a pineapple addition, and that's really serving as our, our yeah. light, easy drinking beer right now, super accessible, um, super quaffable. Um, so yeah. The, um, the pineapple kind of sneaks in there at the end. You're, sure. you're almost not expecting it because it it's, it's really clean at the beginning. Sure. And then that pineapple comes in with a nice big fruity kind of smack to your palate. That's light, refreshing. That's a good beer. Thanks, man. Really, really Thank well you. done. That, Thank um, you. That, that, that yeast, I, I want to do a show one of these days just talking about this, this yeast because it's so strange. This stuff is, is, Absolutely. is really goofy. And, yeah, it kind of it kind of breaks all the rules that you know when, when you're trained on how to how to handle yeast and um, to treat it well and all these different things. Uh, like it seems to uh, kind of break a lot of those rules. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting, interesting little critter. So not that I'm, I'm very firmly against calling things gateway beers and, um, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> things like that, but would you call this kind of your gateway kind of the, sure, it's that, it, it's that light, easy, accessible beer. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and we did one of our, one of the people that kind of ended up to become kind of worked here but also kind of friend one of our contractors um is a is a staunch uh beast Cheap drinker, beer drinker. Uh, <laughs> and uh there's he's nothing been, wrong with that he kept saying to me when are you gonna make the beast uh and uh we, we ended up pouring this for him and and it, it was something that pleased him so uh yeah he he, he could have a pint of it so um yeah it, it kind of does it, it can be a bit a bit of that bridge beer that accessible beer well, and how how much does that kind of factor into when you guys plan out a beer or a tap lineup of trying to get something that is going to please people that may not be as into craft beer? Because I, you know, again, going back to the, kind of the way this kind of community used to be, sure. when you sure. opened a brewery, you had to really put some thought into, all right, people are going to walk into our door and they're not going to know what craft beer is. They're just going to sure. see this new place and walk in. I don't know that that is the same now as it used to be. I feel mm-hmm. like craft beer education has grown a lot. Everybody's had some, well, I shouldn't say everybody, because it still probably is true that there are people that don't, but um, 
everybody's had a craft beer at some point. And mm-hmm. so how much does that factor into the tap lineup and the beers that you guys choose and, and how you put that together? Sure. No, and I think so, like right now, I'm, you have your plan of, of what you want to be doing when you're opening. Um, and then uh, due to construction schedule and time restrictions, we end up saying, okay, listen, we can get five up for opening. Um, let's do that. And so when we're dealing with that situation, you're kind of trying to kind of hit as many points as you can. We have we have something that is that that light, easy drinking beer uh, with a with a little tweak on it there with the pineapple. Um, we get something with some coffee. We get kind of like the specialty stout with hazelnut. We get the big we get the big aggressive IPA, um, and then we get kind of what I think is a little bit of an outlier beer. Uh, Hollow Point is a hibiscus beer that we do um, that would normally just be really. Budweiser, it would just be yellow, um, just just a little yellow ale. Um, but we we absolutely slapped around with a, a ton of hibiscus, and uh, it kind of makes this big fruit punch-looking thing that you would swear was some sort of raspberry beer, um, and uh, just kind of a cool one. So we try to we try to hit a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Make something interesting, things accessible, but yeah, planning in that way, in that range. I like this beer. I like it a lot. Uh, again, the, part of the reason I, I hate calling things gateway beers because I feel like it it gives people this idea in their head that if a beer is easy or approachable or light or fruited or hibiscus, yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that they, as a craft beer drinker, you're not a you're not allowed to like it. You're not allowed to get excited sure. about it because. Sure. It's for you know a new craft beer drinker, sure. for for girls or whatever sure. you know whatever that thing is, and that's kind of why I I, I hate calling things that, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a great beer. I, I love it. Thank you, thank um, you. And and I think what you want to do is, I mean, you know, um, you want to do something that you're excited about, um, something that might be a, a little bit different, um, put put your own spin on things, and. Um, at some point, I mean, like when we get when we get into other beers, the next beer you're going to drink is is called Leaded, um, which is uh, the coffee amber. That's um, I mean, we'll go ahead and do it. You know, so so there's a story there. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And, and, and oh. so Leaded, um, you know, well, there's even a story with hiring Adam with with that. <laughs> you know, uh, knowing that we needed, you know. Uh, a really good brewer to open us, I think is another thing that's changed over the last three years. Um, I think a lot of, in, in well before three years, you know, previously you could be a home brewer, you could get some capital, right. you could open up and you do just fine. We are in 2020, we are at, I don't even know how many breweries in Cincinnati right now. I don't even yeah, know. A lot. And I, I, I could pull up a list and I don't, yeah. know. I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we knew we needed to find a, a professional brewer whose approach was brewing to taste and not just a style. So many of our beers will get very close to styles mm-hmm. from a traditional sense, but we're brewing it, you know, from a, a perspective I said, you know, Adam, I challenge you to come up with your own beers. Like, we're not driving this. Like, and come up with the ones you're happy with and the ones that are going to hit 80, 90% of the population. And then let's do some crazy ones eventually, right? But when we open up, we need to hit that 90% <laughs> mark, right? right so sure. we sourced a bunch of beer names online, things like that. And one of the jokes that people said very tongue-in-cheek was, is it going to be leaded? 
because this was an EPA Superfund site because mm-hmm. of lead and mercury. Um, well, so the the space itself, it's a cartridge factory. It yes. was when it was built, they were making ammunition. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of lead was, and and so there was a lot of sure. there were explosions <laughs> happening here oh, yeah. that kind of you know the, yes. this area went through a lot before you guys could even think about opening anything mm-hmm. and so the the lead is uh, yeah but i did joke like we didn't drill a well to source our own water oddly enough um we did a lot of things but we didn't do that so it's the same water people's houses use. right yeah. yeah yeah well clean proven yeah i mean but they they removed you know tons of soil and they brought it back and, and one of the odd things about this project you said like how hard it was or just how, what we thought we didn't think how many people we were going to have to work with just to open a brewery so we had to work with federal epa state epa o, odnr ohlq i mean the acronyms go on and on forever uh, <laughs> Everybody. uh you know every congressman every senator in the state of ohio literally helped with this project all in a very positive light but i didn't even understand how time intensive and like how many hoops you have to jump through how how much tape you have to get through to uh to To make something like this happen Mm -hmm. probably especially a brewery because it is some you know some kind of food product that's being created Mm -hmm. that people are going to eat and stuff that or drink yeah (laughs) you know it um so going back to leaded it's funny because of you know obviously Mm -hmm. the site um coffee leaded yeah (laughs) i mean that's um so yeah, just, so we paired up with Seven Hills with this. Just uh, reading the uh, the opening tap line up online, this was the one that I was most ooh. excited to try. So sure, we've got something to live up to. Here. So and, and what we're looking <laughs> to do here is so you know obviously uh, coffee beers get paired up with with dark beers quite frequently, and you also have a lot of really nice blonde beers that people pair up with coffee. Um, what we're looking to do here is is to kind of build an interesting coffee base with the uh, with the grist. Um, we're using some brown malt. We're using some amber malt, and the base beer already has kind of its own if it, its own shades of coffee without the the color that normally goes along with that. And then uh, we we're using a Guatemalan bean from Seven Hills, um, and they've been awesome to work with. And um, and then basically a cold steep with that, um, some whole beans, some ground, um, and we're kind of trying to get that kind of walking into the coffee house uh, feel yeah, I mean, with it. When you get your nose over the glass, you get coffee right away. You don't have to get over the glass. You get close to it. You can smell the coffee. Um, there is still a lot of balance to this, though. I, sure. It's Coffee beers can kind of go a couple different ways. You get mm-hmm. some people that just want to load it up and it be a, the, you know coffee be the real star of the beer, which is great, and mm-hmm. um, especially if you're a coffee fan. It's really good. Sure. But, um, this still lets that beer shine through, which... I love the decision to put it in an amber like this instead of going with something, you know, just super dark, which is great too, sure, but sure. Um, to have something that lets that different type of flavor profile kind of shine. Sure. Even, you know, you see a lot of blondes or Kolsch's or mm-hmm. things like that that people are doing yep. now is kind of a new trendy kind of thing with the coffee beers, which are delicious. Yeah, some excellent um, ones. But I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of amber beer, especially that is still an amber that sure. kind of stands up on its own and then brings the coffee in. To awesome. Kinda, Thank you. It's really well done. Thank awesome. you very much. Um, let's talk about, and we'll work through the flight as we go, but Absolutely. Um, kind of your, and your stories of how you got to this point. How did you get into craft beer? Why did you get into craft beer? <laughs> I mean, how, did, how did that happen? I, I think 
so Lindsay and I uh, met at Purdue University and uh, started dating our junior year, and, and we realized really quickly we were the oddity that enjoyed, <laughs> like, uh, a six-pack of Sierra Nevada or, uh, you know, some, a stone, bells, stone bells or bells, or, right? Yeah. You were... You're speaking to a lot of oddities who yes. listen to this. Yeah. Show. Yes, yeah. So you're Same so, you, so yeah. you're going. All right, I can afford six of those versus thirty the of dirty, 30. You know, yeah. the cube of something else. Um, Get made fun of in college exactly. a lot when you're that person. Like, Why are you drinking your beer so slow? Because I only have six of them. Guys. <laughs> and so we kind of, you know, we really enjoyed that. And then 9/11 had happened while I was an undergrad. So I worked my way to graduate a little sooner out of Purdue with my undergrad and then I actually enlisted in the military. Well, thank you for um, your service. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And uh, and then drug this one along with me for the adventure. Thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I famously called my mom after we had started dating and said I met this boy and he told me he's going into the army after he graduates. So I said it's just going to be a casual summer thing. Well, 15 years of marriage later and two kids, it wasn't as casual as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But yeah, I think beer became our thing in our army years. It became how we got to know every place sure. we traveled to and learned. And it was like a fun way to. Well, it's, it's the ultimate unifier mm-hmm. of people. You know, it doesn't matter where you are or how your culture is different than those people. You can sit down and you can have a beer with yep. people and, and, and find that common ground. And, and what's interesting is like I can. So Lafayette Brewing Company, Lafayette, Indiana, there's there's the local brew pub that is still there today, killing it on this old system from a company that I don't even think exists anymore, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And they're putting out quality beer. Uh, then we moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, because I was part of the 101st Airborne Division. That was Black Horse, mm-hmm. right? Pizza, beer, community. Uh, go out to Colorado Springs, that's Trinity Brewing. You know, they're doing some really crazy stuff. And we made it stuff. to GABF. Oh yeah, we have the. <laughs> And then back uh, when it wasn't on the computer. Yes, yes. correct. <laughs> right. Back when really bad decisions could be made in person. You should eat more for the record when yes. you go to GA. Always. Yes. Just a, learn a pretzel, that. A pretzel ne- necklace is yeah. not a meal. Yeah. 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 So we, we traveled through this and every place we went, I'd say that could be a cool brewery. That could be a cool brewery. And she always had the ace card of location. And then finally I came home and I was like, I met with the developer. It is legit. They, the powder at the factory. powder factory. They're gonna do it. And finally, I got a maybe, and I just kind of <laughs> took a maybe as a yes, <laughs> and rolled with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of our crazy story. Well, I think it started there, yeah. and then you kind of went down that rabbit hole, and then we moved here five years ago, and within four months of moving here, I think um, our. Son was in second grade, I think, that year, our boys, and we moved third. third. No, I think they were in second or third. Ballpark. It's all, all a blur now. Um, <laughs> our son came home from school and met a new friend, and they were quick buddies. And shortly thereafter, we kept crossing paths with the same family, and that family happened to be you Anthony can also, Cook. You can also make friends over chocolate milk in the same way you exactly. can beer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> community, right? It's community. And so we met the Cooks, and we just kind of started living life together. We said we kind of quickly became... Our boys are the same age, our girls are the same age, and they have an amazing bonus baby who I adore. Um, and it became like we just, we're, they're our family. So we, the people you, you choose to love and live life with. And we kind of looked at it and convinced Anthony, though I'd say Kyle's risk adversity is 
Like <laughs> he'll, he is like the guy I'll go jump off the cliff and like find material and sew a parachute to get my way down. I always say Anthony's like 10 feet back from the cliff doing like risk analysis on like the soil and the density. So it was a really nice balance between the two of them to like have the meeting of the minds. So we, yeah, Shortly well, thereafter, got him. Kyle called me and uh, you know said that he had you know met meeting with the developer to you know look at the site and I uh, said oh well Kyle man they've been talking about doing something down there for a long time he's like no I'm, I'm for real you know they they, they actually <laughs> met with Warren County I met with the developer I'm going to meet with the developer it's happening um, I was like oh okay well call me when you call me after you're done you know <laughs> so yeah but um, from that standpoint I think. A few months later, he, he came up to me and asked me about, you know, really taking a, taking a leap of faith and partnering. Was your story into craft beer similar to where you were always kind of drinking it, or was there a mine moment was, for you? Mine was not uh, as, as far back uh, as, as Kyle and Lindsay goes. Um, you know, I was probably more of the, uh, I'm drinking the cheap beer in college, uh, <laughs> you know, 30-pack of, of Beast Light or whatever. Um, but uh, whatever I get my hands on be quite honest um but then uh as i as i continue to you know to age and get a little wiser you know and, and drink some quality stuff i started to uh to drink more craft beer um but my education really started to be enhanced after you know going out with kyle and Lindsay and, and you know them edu- educating not only myself but danielle my wife um because she was a Bud Light girl only, uh, so I'm so um, proud. And now she's like yeah. loves like sours and stouts. Yeah, like yeah. we've really yeah. flipped her. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that anybody who drinks any kind of beer, it, it, you can get them to like craft beer. You just oh, have yeah. to keep putting them in front of you them, and the eventually right one yep. will click, Absolutely. and something will switch in your brain. Yep, yep for sure. And, and that's know. what happened, you know. So, uh, so yeah. And then she went all the way to the other side of the spectrum, and you know, was in you know into stouts and porters for a, uh, a while. Um, and now she's kind of coming back, you know, drinking drinking both sides, right. you know, with lighters and light, lighter beers and dark beers. So, and, yeah. and I think the key here, and, you, and I think you hear this a lot across many of the, the breweries here in Cincinnati, is that, um, one, you can't do this alone. Like, if you can, like, let me know how you did it, <laughs> and let me know if you're still married, because <laughs> I'd love to know if that actually worked out for you. But but. But two is like you have to find a partner and, and what Anthony does is balance it out. Just like he said, like my risk aversion and my ability to like walk into that bank um, and pitch a, a, a lot of banks for quite a bit of money. Right. And, and no, we are not nearly as much money as social media has made us out to. But I'm never going to correct yeah. that. So if you want to think this is that crazy, go right ahead. Um, you know, it was balanced out with a very, you know, methodical approach that Anthony brought with his background. And, and right, I think when you can balance that, that then, you know, now figuring out how we're going to do day-to-day operations, that I'm taking on that kind of less risk-averse ops role, and he's taking on the very community development role, it, it means that we're filling a lot of gaps, and our personalities are clicking in areas that, that help the, the business run, right? And, and that's really where it is. It's, it's, sometimes it's... The person running a brewery may not even like beer, but, <laughs> but they may fill like a really good niche. So I think him and I have really been able to come across, and you know, in the last three years, and go, like, how the heck do we do this? And then you just invent it as you go, and you know, so. there's there's a lot of people, you know, especially when you start getting on the internet and get on Facebook groups and whatever. There's people that will 
that'll flip their shit if they find out that there's somebody involved in a project who isn't as into craft beer. And, I, and not that that is, you know, mm-hmm. something that happens a lot. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that people need to understand the value of building a team around yep. something. Like sometimes, you know, like you said, there may be somebody that isn't as into the idea of making beer, but maybe they like the idea of running a restaurant or running a tap room or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, community-driven social changing thing. You know, like there's these mm-hmm. different aspects of what a brewery is that if you get the right people mm-hmm. and drop them in yes. these, these places in that, yes. sure. the, the sum of all of that becomes something that is really, really Well, I think beautiful. that's something we were really focused on was a really strong team dynamic and that we didn't want to build a clubhouse. We wanted to build a business and have the best people in every role, like running their lane of what they're leading. Is it difficult when you spend so much time with this idea in your head of starting a brewery of, is it difficult to identify your weaknesses and understand the people that you have to bring in around you? Yes, I I will wholeheartedly agree. And and that's where I think, well, one, Lindsay will gladly tell me my weaknesses. And that's that's called 15 years of marriage. That's her strength is identifying your weaknesses. I I do all the the branding, the marketing, and I tell Kyle his weaknesses. Yes, exactly. Yes, Yes. no, no. But it's much, much more than that. But you you have to have a partner in that. And then I, I think for us, it was, you know, my previous career was very much involved in the alcohol industry. Uh, as a vendor and a technical expert in a, in a different field, but supporting both breweries, distilleries, and wineries uh, throughout all of North America. So I spent quite a bit of time on a plane meeting uh, brewers or distilleries. And, uh, you know, what I learned was that, one, we needed a really technical expert, and, and this is getting to Adam here, but also we needed someone that like was going to come in and take the reins and we didn't have to teach. They were going to teach us, right? right? They were going to take on their role. So how we look at it is there's... Myself and Anthony with COO and CDO, Lindsay as, uh, you know, brand experience uh, director, and then Stephanie, communications director. And then we looked and we said, look, we need front of house, back of house brewing, and we need experts in, mm-hmm. in all three of those. So now let's go hunt. Let's go find that. And, and Adam can fill more in this, but when we interviewed Adam, so we use Pro Brewer, which most of right. your people are going to know, which I still love that it is an totally old like it's a message DOS, board of it DOS it's a based message board, yeah. message board <laughs> that that's how you hire brewers still to this day like it's nobody true. goes on indeed you know <laughs> like like they're, they're, but you still go on this thing and we posted and adam sent in an actual cover letter a thoughtful cover and, letter an actual resume and the day we interviewed him was actually the day that his latest child was born his fifth child, his fifth child was, child was born. born true Five. It's true. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, the they, they got a they got a huge they got a huge kick out of that. But I I, I said you know when, when you have five kids and you have one more you know mom and baby are happy and healthy. So I gave her a kiss and a high five, and then I went home because there's still four other kids to right. deal with. So, um, so yeah, you take the call. You know what I mean? When the call when the call comes in for a job, you you, you take it. And uh, so, no, and getting back to a little bit about what they mentioned before, though, one of the things that I've been really impressed with, I think, from from ownership side, which it's it's uncommon. They 
they hire people they believe in, and then they let you do your job, um, which is awesome. <laughs> they say, what do you need? And then they give it to you, and then you're supposed to go and do what you do, well, again, which is going, great. I mean, Going back to that idea of when, when you start with this idea of, I want to start a brewery, you, you probably have some sense of um, c- control in your head over that. This is what it is. This is what I want. This is... It's hard to let go of some of that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's a personality thing. I, I can't, as a person... I struggle so hard with letting go of control over things that are that important to me in my life. I can't, I don't trust anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and so I can't imagine you have this idea in your head of, I want to start this, this idea of a brewery. I want to start this place, this, and you have all these things, these pictures in your head of what that looks like. And then you bring somebody on to help you with it. And you recognize, you know, his strengths, but to let go of some of that stuff. And it's like, <laughs> I, I trust you to do what sure. you, what you do. Like it's, it's got to be difficult. <laughs> Absolutely, and and that's the thing that's been really refreshing for me is is like you know I, I I talk to my wife, I talk to my folks, and it's like, yeah, I mean I just come in and work, and they're like nice to me, and it's, it's <laughs> great. We get it's, it's lots great. of seltzer water. <laughs> I drink, well, and, and the so I, I've been working uh, quite a bit in 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 the back with with Anthony. Anthony's been uh, very much uh, my my right hand man back there in the brewery thus far. And it's been good, especially just with getting everything off the ground to, to, to have the help. And, and, and I think as, as we move forward and, and Anthony starts taking on some, some more community-facing things, um, I think it's going to pay serious dividends with him being able to see what, what's actually going on back right. there. I think he's going to be able to sell better. I think he's going to be able to explain better. Because ultimately, I, I, when you're doing this right, everybody wants to be telling a story, right? Um, and this is, I mean... Yeah, this this location is it's gorgeous, um, well, it's, and trying to do it service is is, mm-hmm. is you know re- really the aim here. It's know? fun to see projects like this that you know it started before this space you know was here, but to see once this space was chosen as where you guys are going to start a brewery, how that takes control over the project and it, everything starts to revolve around that space and. The beers start to revolve around that. The, you know, the way the room looks revolves around what this building is, and then that becomes the personality of what this is. And and I, I love seeing that develop and that kind of become the real star of the show. Not that you guys aren't the stars of the show, but you know that, that becomes center to what the story of Cartridge is. Is this this space? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, and that's the vision. You know that Kyle, you know, so so clearly defined way back when. Uh, he asked me to be a part of it, and and the reason I decided that it was worth, you know, that worth a shot, you know, worth the, the risk, uh, to to take a leap and, and go for it, you know. And back then, you know, I would ask him all the time, like, so what do you want me to do? Like, what? You know? <laughs> and he's like, I don't even know yet, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, we'll figure it out. We'll, fig- we'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. and and that's kind of been our mentality of like everyone, uh, like when we interview people, we're like, I never want to hear that's not my job. Like we all, like, you know, Anthony has been working as, essentially as, as a sellerman for Adam. Uh, I learned how to redo like a ball door pump. I didn't know how. We figured it out, right? <laughs> right. You know, uh, sound dampening. 
mm-hmm. uh, furniture selection, a construction project. A whole online merch shop. Yeah, I never I mean, knew how to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you either take on the challenge and you wrestle with it and you find the best possible solution you can right away, or you go out and you realize, I need this. So I, I think the one thing that's really interesting, so it was 2017 when we first started talking about this project and Anthony came on board and things like that. So if you remember 2017, the BA was all about become a regional brewer, become a regional mm-hmm. brewery, right? <laughs> and then 2018, Rheingeist hits. Top 30? Eight, top 30, maybe the next year, right? But they're, they're, they're cruising, Mad Tree's cruising, Braxton's doing great, right? And here we are going, oh, I got this awesome space. And we kind of were like, we cannot make our strategy trying to take on any of that space. That lightning in a bottle already happened. So where is the next hopeful lightning in a bottle, right? So the next lightning in a bottle is uh, a tap room, right? So then the BA and everybody starts going tap room, tap room, tap room. And so then we open up tons of fantastic tap rooms. And then the other weakness I'm seeing is food. Mm -hmm. And so we have had enough time to kind of predict, we, we hope, where where the target is moving to, to hit it, not where it was three years ago. So, you know, when you come here, we own the kitchen. This is not an outside company that is our executive chef executing our menu here because we never wanted to be in a position where we had to pit ourselves, the brewery, against another organization that lives in our own building, right? And, and go through that. So it's just been really interesting, like to some of the points you brought up that we've had, we've, sometimes time has been a real pain mm-hmm. and sometimes time has allowed to shake us, shake out some ideas that thank God we did not do. <laughs> I think there's clarity in time. And I also think too, beyond just bringing the food in house was we also recognized and wanted a service experience. We wanted a cohesive right. thing versus walk up to the bar and get your beer, or walk up to a window, order your food. Oh, wait, I want to go get another beer. I got to go do this. We wanted you to sit. We wanted you to have that experience of food with beer and the stories that go with it and make it be one whole thing so you can come and, for date and night and you can pubs, come with your family. Brew pubs somehow became the forgotten <laughs> like model. Well, it's, it's silly because who doesn't want to eat while they're drinking? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's no. just, I think that, you know, I, there was this, when you look at the, the big picture of, of beer, you know, there was this little blip on the radar of people started to figure out that this was a, a thing that you could do as, as, a, as a business. And everybody got really excited about it. And so it was easy that you could, I mean, not easy, I don't want to say easy, but you could just open a brewery that just made beer and people would come there and drink it. Mm-hmm. And, and hen of the wood chips, the it, signature food of yeah. taproom. But it was yeah. a, in, in the bigger picture, it was such a small blip on the radar of the bigger picture of beer. People don't want to sit in, um, in an empty warehouse on picnic tables staring at each other and just drinking beer. Mm-hmm. They want to connect in these other, these, these bigger ways. And I think mm-hmm. that we're finally settling in and figuring that yeah. out and then developing what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that tied to the history of the site too. Like this was a community hub and that was something that we wanted to bring back to yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's, that's what actually I was getting ready to say is, you know, you hit on the point that, you know, not only does beer bring people together, but food brings people to be together. And that's community, right? And, that, right? and that's really the idea here is to bring back that community, 
uh, that was once here, mm-hmm. you know, so long ago uh, at this awesome location. So community focus, obviously, hopefully, you know, when you walk in here, that experience is what you what you see and what you get when you when you're here. Right. We should drink another beer. <laughs> Sounds good. This, I'm going to guess. Oh, we got to pronounce it yeah, right. Pr- yep. No pressure. Sabo? Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Silent so, T. What's the story of the name before we so, get into the beer? So, <laughs> m- most of our uh, names are going to be one or two words. Uh, just because we've all gone to a brewery and it's like a sentence. I don't, I don't want to order a sentence. I want to say one thing. I want it to be very clear and I want you to understand exactly what I want if I have questions behind it. Uh, also, uh, we want to have conversations with our service here. So when you go up to the bar and you order a beer, there is no style. There is no flavor descriptions. It is a name and an ABV because you then have to ask a question and have a real conversation with someone that will help guide your palate. Because there's a lot of preconceptions that if we put up IPA, what that is, or we put up Amber. Or, right, or put up even IBUs, which oh, we yeah. chose not I've, to do. I've been a huge proponent of this idea for mm-hmm. a very long time. I've been desperate for a bar that even a little further than what you guys have pushed it, it just puts like a couple words. Like this is roasty mm-hmm. and... Yep. This is happy, and this, we, or you know, not even happy. You know, sure. this is roasty. This is bitter. This is fruity. You know, and that's all you get. We, we need about nine thousand <laughs> more letter sets no, to be able now. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it on our board. So yeah, so this is sabo. Uh, sabo is is a, a type of round or munition. It's a flechette round. It's prim- primarily used as a, an anti uh, tank weapon, so it's a piercing weapon, and we gotcha. thought that that was a very apropos name for a, a seven point nine ABV. Uh, IPA. So it's not super bitter, though. It's not uh, over-the-top smack in the head. I mean, there's 7.9%. You definitely, there's there's some kind of, um, <laughs> there's something to it, but it's not it's not that big, you know, yeah. smack in the face, bitter kind of West Coast thing. It's also not, it's not a New England, but it is a little bit hazy. <laughs> sure, you know, and, and I think for, for, for me, I, I'm not like, it's not listed as hazy. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it is, it is an IPA. It, it, it's hop forward. Um, what, what my thing has always been with IPA is I like for IPA to be bitter enough to be balanced. Um, and then I want to get as much hot flavor and aroma into it as I can. Um, when people say they don't like bitter, uh, when people say they don't like hoppy beer, uh, generally what they mean is they don't like bitter beer. Right. Um, and so um, what I find is, is with, the IPAs that I make, I can get I can get some of the nerdier guys that uh, people that really like the 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 intense flavor, the the intense aroma. Um, but I think when you dial that back a touch, you know you you can hit a wider range. And and I think that's been typified by by hazies, right? Um, and so um, to me, um, I'm looking to get as much hot flavor and aroma into a beer as I can. Um, if that leads to if that leads to something that has some haze, that's fine. I think that haze is a byproduct of a process as opposed to a goal. Right. Um, you know what I mean. So I know exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it shouldn't just be a turbid mess. Um, you shouldn't be looking just to try to make chicken soup or, or, or whatever, or you, you know, whatever it is. Just something that. Oh man, there's like you know. three fanboys that are vigorously <laughs> typing right now. I can feel it. 
But no, but I mean, but that, that's the idea. We, we, we will have stuff that's quote-unquote juicy in the future. Um, but um, I, I, do like, I, I do like to have, um, I like to have some layering of flavor. Right, so you can you can pull some of the fruity element out of that, but you can also pull some herbal, maybe a little bit of forest, different things like that. Well, it, you know, when you, I'm gonna compare IPA to whiskey. So okay. give me a second here, sure. why? I'm good. Go for it. When Go you first it. start getting into whiskey, you have to get past that burn of the alcohol sure. to find what's kind of hidden in there. And yep. I think a lot of IPAs are like that too, where you have to get past that that bracing bitter kind of bitterness sure, <laughs> and, sure. And, and to get to some of the stuff that's hidden back there and so some of these newer I guess I don't know how new the idea is of leaning into the fruitier side of hops and, and leaning away from the bitterness but this this new idea again makes it like you said more approachable I guess sure. and you don't have to you don't have to hunt for what's going on it's it's there and you don't have to well, you and, and, and battle think, your way into enjoying the beer, which for a lot of people in IPAs, that's what they have to do. Sure, and, and it, used to, it almost used to be like a flex, like ten years ago, where it's like this IPA has nine, nine, deal, million, you know? nine you're, million, nine million IBUs. You're not going to like this beer; it's too bitter for you. And yeah, you, you don't have a chance in hell of tasting anything again the rest of the night. Right. Um, yeah, there was a period of time where where that was the thing, and and I think we're coming back to coming back to center on that a little bit. And it's like, hey, listen, let, let's stack flavor and aroma in there, absolutely, because the, those are that's fantastic but actually you you can make it you can make it just bitter enough to where it's you can just keep drinking and it's not going to squash the beer you're going to drink afterwards well and, and not that not that bitterness doesn't have a place too sure when you're especially when you start wrapping food into the whole story bitterness can can play off of some of that Definitely. stuff really well and it is it is still i don't dislike bitterness before somebody emails me sure. <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm going to get some kind of message about it um if Going back to kind of the story of how this this all happened and, and where we are today, if if you guys weren't in the beer business, where would you guys be now in your life? Can you hmm. picture that or anybody? I mean, it's <laughs> it's a it's an interesting question yeah. because uh-huh. you know uh, uh, before I left my previous employer, I, I was in what I thought was the best role I, I could have been in. You know, I was a technical specialist for a large uh, chemical company here in town, and I got to go around and sell chemicals and processes to breweries, distilleries, and, and wineries, something that I absolutely loved. And I really saw myself being able to, like, be in that career, take on that career, and, and hopefully grow that, that business. Um, COVID did not play well in the field. Um, and so, you know, now I'm, I'm full-time here. And so I don't really know. I think I, I think it's the stayed. flip of that for us, almost. I think all of us look at this as, like, what we wanted to apply, what we have been doing, yeah. to use in this. That's how I it's, looked it's at a, it. Like, like, I think we both came question. from sales. It's a great question. Yeah. Like, that world of using our skill sets mm-hmm. from our other pieces, but then the ability to learn new things and apply it to this. Everything kind of led. Yeah. To yes. yes. I think this is like, I mean, this is the, the end game, the right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah. I think also is like, once you, uh, uh, sign the loan documents, once you raise the capital from investors, once you, you, you have to be in mm-hmm. like you're married to this, right? Like, and, and then once you, and you have to pick the right partner, because mm-hmm. once you start signing, you know, the agreements and, and things like that, like you're, you're all in this, right? right? And so 
you know, I, you know, it, it's kind of like, do you want to look back fondly? But I think like eight and a half years in the military with multiple combat deployments, you know, uh, all the moves, seeing the, con- the, you know, multiple cultures, things like that have grown. And then working in sales for so many years in a very technical field led then to this. Right. I think we landed in the right place. Well, I think it was the end goal, too, of applying what we've learned and grown to do to the ability to not work eventually for the man, but to be the man, so to speak. uh, And to like put our blood, sweat, tears, energy, sleepless nights, many of them lately, into (laughs) building our own I want to work 100 hours a week so I can avoid working 40 hours for somebody else. (laughs) We've been living for the last few months, for sure. Yeah. If if you guys could change anything about your road to mm. all of this to today, w- would there be anything? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but like I said, I think the time like was the maybe it would have been faster. But we learned and like we weeded out a lot of things that probably wouldn't have worked for sure. Yeah, I think it's about you know we the found pro- the right people. I think it's about the process that mm-hmm. you know we went through. Um, I don't know if you could really answer that question fairly because when we look up look back on it now we've learned so much um you know through that journey through right. that process um yeah w- were there things that we wish would have went you know the other way or better or or yeah absolutely but um you know on the on the flip side now that we're soft opening and we're opening our doors um we we learned we learned so much that we're applying today that we probably wouldn't have had that experience um, or be able to pivot uh, because we wouldn't have known how right. because we learned it while we were going through that journey. So, sure. And, and struggle's yeah. not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's difficult to keep your head in that space as you're, as you're going through it. But, you know, we're not always supposed to be comfortable. Um, <laughs> where, you, you know you what I mean? Because, because honestly, <laughs> like, if you think about it with your kids, you, you want your kids to be able to weather some adversity you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's, it's it's what makes it better you, right you now know. i just want them to sleep all night sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and me both you and me both um, let's drink another beer Ooh, this sure. one looks a little bit dark yeah so that's um that's holster i had to reference the menu <laughs> apparently well, I, I, I work here seriously they didn't just, they didn't just pull me off the construction notes, crew in my show notes i have i have notes on on all of the beers but then I, in the actual show notes i just put the the link that leads to the note about the beer just has the name of the beer and sure. yeah, i don't guess which one this one was yeah <laughs> so this is the hazelnut cream stout yeah yeah um, and one of the things that I'm doing with this is I, I, I like to do, um, to me, like, and you can take it a couple different ways, but this is, conceptually, this is what I call like a faux stout, okay? Like, um, so traditionally, you know, stouts are using um, roasted malts, um, and those roasted malts can carry with them uh, a certain level of bitterness or astringency that you can build into the process to create whatever balance you want. Um, but this beer is actually built uh, primarily on uh, a malt from Best, which is called Red X, um, which is, if you think about it, if, if you're familiar with, with, with malts, it's a little bit like a Munich malt, so kind of like a toasty malt, but it also has this really interesting, pretty intense, nutty, and kind of caramely thing going on behind it. And so I think it's another layering opportunity. So I, I use that as a base malt to kind of build up this toasty, 
um, nutty backdrop um, for the rest of the beer. And then I, I call it a faux stout because I'm using um, all the bittered malt with it. So all that husk is, is, is taken away, which can help to make a little bit of a smoother character. Um, so again, it, it's another effort to be able to make a stout that satisfies people that really like to nerd out on stouts and then people that say, oh, I usually don't drink beers that dark. Um, and so you, you kind of hit that range where, and then you try to layer flavor over. So you have the, have the hazelnut coming over after it and uh, just something kind of rich, creamy, but st- still still reasonable at 5.5, five, something that you can sit down and have some pints well, of. And the hazelnut's not overdone, which happens from time to time. People make these Thank beers you. and just really load it up with hazelnut and you can't get away from it. It's, it's tucked away in here and, and you talk a lot about layers and you can really taste it in the beers that these are, nothing is nothing is blowing you out of your seat as far as like big over the top flavors it's, it's i hate using the word balance because it doesn't tell anybody about the beer but well, it's, it's, it's nuanced it, it right is, i mean that's all, the goal everything is balanced and nothing is overshadowing the other stuff and like it's again not that it's I, I talk a lot, when i say things are easy i know guys that things aren't easy to create but <laughs> um it's easy to create a big giant IPA that just has this big one note flavor that just shoves everything else out of the way and here I am and it's easy to create a big stout that's just this big massive stout with some kind of big adjunct in there that just shoves everything else out of the way and those are good but they're not I like the the balance and the um, the art behind a beer like this and that you have to kind of finesse all this stuff together and That's find kind out of how, they, how, they, how they play with each other. And everything, everything so far that I'm tasting, everything's playing so good in the Sweet. beer. With That's it. really it's nice. It, and, I like it. And thank you. And, and, and that is that thing where it's like you, you, want, to, you want to have nuance. You, 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 want to have, uh, you want to have things like that. We, we will have beers that will be big blasting, well, one line kind of thing. But at the same the, time, it's like, you know, you can also, I think the goal is, is you... you if you want to sit down and pull apart a beer with somebody, that's you should be able to. Uh, you like to put a beer out there that actually you can fine tooth comb it and well, say, my, "Hey, there's this, this." My this. favorite thing is when I sit down and I'm drinking a beer with somebody, and they're like, "Oh man, can you taste the, you know, the the hazelnut in this?" I'm like, "No," and then I drink it. And I'm, oh my god, there it is! Like, yeah, I did. I didn't even catch that before, but it's it's tucked right in there, and sure. like, I that's it's fun to me. I, um, the the drinker of. 2020, the average craft beer drinker maybe um, does like some of that over the top stuff. Like sure. that is a um, a trend right now, I sure. guess. Um, is I mean, you, you said that you will have some of those sure. things for people. Sure. Um, we're doing an 11. We're, we're doing like an 11ish percent coffee porter uh, this right. week. You know what I mean? And that's going to be the, the the big aggressive, rich, thick thing that you put on tap. That's in the small, smaller pour. Right. You know what I mean? There, there, there's that stuff. There's there's the, you know, there's the the fruity kettle sour. There's going to be there's going to be that stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I like to I like to try to bring some nuance to the table. You know, so it's perfect. I, I I love it. I I lean towards stuff like this awesome. all day. Um, I know you mentioned an English mild coming. Yeah, through. we'll um, be doing. We'll be turning a mild uh, two days from now. I mean, 
that's right up my wheelhouse. You know, it's not exciting and nobody cares about it. <laughs> but it's like it's cool. Man, I, I it's heard so that mild was a thing cool. down here. Yeah. I, I heard mild was a thing down here because I, I, I'm from Michigan and and people aren't turning miles up there. Like, but apparently mild is a thing down I mean, here. It so is that's if you, especially if you ask somebody like Brink. I mean, that's sure. definitely, <laughs> sure. definitely a thing. But if you ask somebody like Ryan Geist, who has been trying to get Uncle to catch on for the entire existence of their brewery, <laughs> then, you know. It's, it's such a strange style that well, and, and everybody enjoys it, but nobody talks about it. Sure, and, and hopefully it can be, and especially, you know, hoping to put, put most of our beer through the taps in this place. It's like, you know, it would be, it's a super food-friendly uh, beer, um, and especially with, with the barbecue and some of the things that we have going on, it, it's going to pair up really nice with stuff like that, too. So. so you talked about trying to get most of your beer to go through here. Sure. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, let's drink this one while we're doing that. Sure. So. And again, that's the hibiscus. It's, it's basically just a, a big old, we, we dealt with it earlier today. It's just a, it's just a, it's like a three pound per barrel dry hop of hibiscus. And the beer would just be straw colored, but it comes out like this big fruit punchy, almost looking like, um, like so Welch's magenta. grape. Yeah. Um, oh, and it brings its tartness. Mm-hmm. It's got a tartness to it. It has a tartness from the, from the hibiscus, and um, there's really no bitterness built into that. It is just really subtle because I know I'm getting some acidity from the hibiscus. But it has this nice raspberry, kind of mixed berry uh, thing behind it, um, which all comes from the hibiscus, hibiscus, which I think is super fun. And that's hollow point for anybody following yes. along. Um, look at the show notes. I'll, I'm, I'll put what the <laughs> beers were and what style they were because... <laughs> We probably haven't been as great about that as we should. <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's it's just tart enough that if somebody comes in and they say, I, I, oh, I like sour beer, what do you have? This will please them. If somebody says, oh, I like fruited beer, you know, this will make them happy. Sure. Although the uh, the first one, Grenade, mm-hmm. um, also kind of fits in with that. But really well done. Awesome, this man. is a... Uh, Maybe we'll get another sunny day before the uh, <laughs> end of the year. This is one of those beers that I want to sit and drink out in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about trying to sell most of the beer through here. So the idea of distribution is not the plan of what this is right now, right? No. I, we, you know, I think made it very, uh, a very clear-cut decision right up front to invest in as much of a customer experience across the bar here as we could up front and did not even really discuss uh, a distribution strategy. Obviously, in Ohio, you can self-distribute. That's a huge plus. Um, You know, something Anthony is going to take on here in a very near future, some very strategic, you know, tap accounts, but tap isn't moving. You know, it's difficult even for those that are putting out really awesome stuff to go either poach a tap handle or get a tap handle. So, you know, we're going to look at where we can get some taps that make sense um, and then use that to hopefully drive a conversation to get someone to come here and have a beer. And again, talking back to that idea of experience and service and stuff like that. And maybe my control issues, but it's, <laughs> I, I've never been able to understand how people are so cavalier about just taking their beer and sending it off to some kind of bar and letting somebody else clean their tap lines, mm-hmm. serve a beer properly. Mm-hmm. If somebody has a question about the beer, being able to answer that, like it just it blows yeah. my mind that we've got this 
this industry that revolves so much around the experience and yet we have so many Mm -hmm. bad experiences that are driving somebody's opinion about a a beer and and that's what we've talked about that too where i mean it's i love the idea of people drinking our beer in our place in our space because this is it's going to be hard for our beer to taste better than it does right here with the level of service that, that we're bringing, with the food that we're, that we're pairing with, mm-hmm. with the space itself. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, I, 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 my hope is, is that there's, there's talent front of house, there's talent back of house. Um, I'm hoping all those things magnify each other. That, that, that's, what I, that's what I think this project can really do. Um, and I think that's why you need to get down here and you need to see the space because it's it, it ties it ties everything together. You can you can get on Untapped or whatever and look up a beer called Hollow Point that's a hibiscus ale and oh that that sounds good. But then when you put it in a glass and you put it here in this room and you look out the window and you see the space and you're like what's what was this? And then somebody can tell you oh this was you know a cartridge factory. Here's the story of what it is and here's like. It all then kind of comes together and becomes a bigger picture yeah. that, um, to me, is, is what it's all about. It's what this, it's, it is what this is about. It's our whole yeah. honoring the past and brewing the future. Yeah, I mean, and, and Lindsay, I think, can really fill in more here where that's where when we say, you know, that she's really taken on, uh, you know, what we are, like, from when you step in our front door and see little tiny details that we have thought out um, to the branding done by Helms out of Austin to certain to little the tap nuance, handles the that tap look handles. like shells I love the tap to, handles, by the way. You know, to the flight board that has the Peters rounds insignias on it to I mean our servers the way we just have them kind of with the cohesive apron with the logo I mean I think we wanted a big umbrella for the whole experience. It wasn't just amazing beer from Adam and great food from Jerry and a cool historic space. Mm-hmm. We want it, everything is cartridge as a whole. It, it all represents cartridge because there's many, I don't wanna say many, there have been breweries that we all know that make ungodly good beer and they went out of business. Sure. And they went out of business because... You've got a couple tanks I, back I, there I, from I don't want to... He, 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 you know, that gentleman <laughs> ma- makes still some of the best beer in town, mm-hmm. right? Today in his new place or, you know, uh, or his old place, right? And, and we lucked out with that relationship to pick up those tanks from him. Um, and he's still a really good ally mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Now is, it's, a, it's a game for people to walk back to the window mm-hmm. and peek back there and see if we can tell what we're yeah, talking see about. Yeah, <laughs> see if we can figure it out. And those of you will we'll figure it out. But... Uh, I mean, we, we, uh, he helped us out with a, a, an issue already because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's been a great ally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's so much more to this now in 2020 than just making the best beer out there. There's I, a lot more to it. I, I wish there wasn't sometimes. <laughs> and, I, and I think there's, you know, the, the best example I can maybe, you know, contribute is I was around the corner here and we had to call the Coca-Cola people to come in and fix our, you know, Coca-Cola machine here. Uh, and, and so I just happened to be listening at the right time and they were, the two gentlemen were working and they were fixing, you know, whatever it was they were fixing. And the one gentleman said, man, I wish I could be, I wish I could have been here when this was a, a cartridge fact, when there was an ammunition factory, you know, and it just, I don't, it was pretty <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that, that hasn't struck, you know, that never went through my mind, but, but I think it also, you know, uh, it definitely brought to me, you know, that we are, you know, we're, we're, we're producing the honoring the past during the future. We're, we're definitely bringing that to the table. We're definitely communicating that in the right way. And the brand is carrying that through. Well, and so. I think that's been shown by the community enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we got over a thousand reservation requests for our grand opening mm-hmm. weekend, which was crazy. It was proof of why we needed to do it that way. To if, if you talk about the history of what this place is, like everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but people knew that this was the cartridge factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh yeah, that's the cartridge factory. It's you know, yeah they 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 did something there whereas now it opens up this this story and and can and, and re and, and awakens it and sends it on into the future to mm-hmm. where people would have forgot about what this was and the people that worked here and the the way it it held this community together for so long and we have a whole wall dedicated to it and we did a whole training with the staff on the story and who that is and our beers pay homage to it as well as our cocktails are all tied to the history of beyond the cartridge factory you know columbia records pressed records here and seagram's used as a barrel house so we have you know the night watchman is a cocktail which is a funny story about this place come in and ask about it um and then maybe we'll do an episode of drinking with the gnome our cocktails are amazing kudos to our gm sarah our cocktails are killer um, but we just wanted to connect all the dots and for people to know, I think most people actually around here call it the powder factory, which is right. wrong in itself because King's Powder Mill was on the other side of the river <laughs> and all the fun history. But it's just it's been really cool to have it woven into what we're doing. It's not just a catchy slogan, the whole honoring the past, right. in the future. It's it's who we are in the experience and when you're here. It's just been amazing, too, to see how can we connect so how can we connect with the beer community? But then how can we connect with the local community that just is looking for a place to go to that isn't a sports bar or, or fast casual or something? Or how do you connect to someone that loves a cocktail or a really good glass of scotch or uh, a wine, right? Or like, you know, so we've gone through a whole days of picking out a very curated wine list. Mm-hmm. like that is very approachable and very affordable and because just because you don't drink beer doesn't mean you shouldn't have a good experience at what this new norm of a brewery is. So shooting down that road briefly before mm-hmm. we start wrapping things up, you guys are a brewery, you make beer. Yes. What is there an idea and that at some point distilling could be a part of what this is? seltzer could be a part of what this is uh, um, i i think that cider whatever else that thing is we have debated it all we we i think we've had every conversation there is about what we can tack on one you know we got very lucky with those tanks from that very nice gentleman and we also bought a, a rock bottom system when they um kind of consolidated a little bit you know it, it sounds horrible to say go out of business but That's they made some, some nice word yeah, for what happened with they, rock bottom yeah, on the last yeah <laughs> correct they consolidated some locations and we happen to pick up some great <laughs> german equipment uh made by specific mechanical up in canada mm-hmm. and uh uh i don't know what where our path is i just hope and, and know that with this team on board wherever that path is whether it's we go get some land and plant some apple trees and make heritage cider, which has been discussed. We've discussed the distillery. Uh, we've discussed seltzer, but it just feels 
not who we are right now. It doesn't mean that we're it not. It doesn't feel who anybody is. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but God, if it's it not possible, and it costs nothing. But if I take the business thought behind it, right? If I, if I take away just the fact that that would be highly profitable, it just doesn't feel like it fits our brand and who we're trying to build. A craft cider or a craft alcohol distillery program feels a little bit more genuine to who we are. So I think as we go, the, the other thing we're going to do and something, you know, you get asked all the time, like, what's going to be your flagship? I have no idea. <laughs> we will not know for a long time and we may never have one. Sure. Right? Yeah, you tell us. You tell I mean, us. You yeah. tell us what you're, whatever you're drinking is what we're going to make. I, mean, I anticipate you'll have a, a general idea before, pretty sure. quick, yes. quick before you realize you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. And, and, and I almost think it's, it's what the flagship or the cornerstone is right then. Right? Sure. Right, because you know, trends change, people trend. change, beer changes. Yes, if it was not for you know, it's almost like the positive out of the, the pandemic that people went back to certain flagships and they actually showed growth. You know, like we all know that th- that long tail of little breweries was really eating away from a, a Dogfish Sierra, right. right? And then suddenly, oh God, the unknown. I need to go back to what I know, and I know this is good beer. You can also run a very successful business on creating a flagship and then pounding that flagship down people's throats and, and, and just making that beer and this is what you want to drink but there's that isn't necessarily what people mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. like people yes. like walking in and finding something new yep. and finding yes. that thing that they didn't know they wanted to drink and that's there's there's a lot of fun in that as a craft beer drinker and have have a great meal have a great time have a great beverage of your choice at cartridge and above all enjoy community that is non-judgmental that is a welcoming space for all and uh and and we hope to see you here right and and we hope and and know that you're going to enjoy our beer and we're going to approach it so that we can start hitting notes that you know other breweries have laid down a real great gauntlet in this city it is a great beer town and we just want to be good stewards of the shoulders that we are lucky enough to stand upon that have been created in this city that have been created in the midwest um and and we're lucky enough to hopefully become a very good steward and a very good peer of those people in time and and to not only do the community of brewers in cincinnati justice but to also then do history and justice to this site and to the people that believed in us. And, and if we are able to accomplish that, I don't think it matters if we're making a whiskey, a beer, or a heritage cider. I think it's going to come from a place or of a genuine. Seltzer. Or a seltzer. <laughs> heritage seltzer. Her- heritage seltzer. Heritage seltzer. We're going to create that. Time, time to dig that well. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. That's right. It's it, can, it might be leaded. <laughs> Um, if there's anything that you could tell people about Cartridge that you want them to know that you think they don't know already, um, what would that be? Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, I'm like, like a, a dead space on a mic. That's a great, um, that's a great I thing. I think Kyle just hit on it. I think that it's that we're that overall experience. I think that it's not just beer. It's a f- you know full food menu. I think our menu is surprising. I think our menu is more than your typical pub grub and we're really proud of jerry and his amazing team back there and what they're doing like 
come and experience it all. We have parking. It's not yes. haunted. So the beer is good. Well, There's plenty of parking. We do not know if it's haunted. We're not. We're not dying we on that hill. Have you slept in here yet? No. Oh, no. Heck, no. We, heck, yeah. No. Well, I would do it. To. I'm not you know afraid. You, do. Yeah. you can sleep in I, here. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> we have nice couches. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're cozy. No. I. I think it's just that there is such a preconceived notion in much of the community of what a brewery is, and and I. It's not like we're trying to change people's minds, but just we really want you to come up here and and give us a shot and let us show you hospitality, not just brewing, not just liquor, not just wine, but let us show you hospitality. And let's have a conversation and let's enjoy a pint talking about everything from whatever's on TV to the subtle nuances of Adam's beer and and. And let's do that in a way, in an environment and in a place that even in 2020, let's bring a little normalcy to our life and gather around a table. Well, it seems to me like this really great blend of, there's a lot of spaces that open up that are restaurants that happen to make their own beer. And there's a lot of places that are, that are breweries that don't really care about the other mm-hmm. stuff. And this seems like a really, really good balance between both of those sides and, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how how you guys grow into this bigger craft beer community of Cincinnati and, and where it all goes. So I think you're on the right track. Thank you. Good. Thank you. We're excited. Thank you guys very much. And show notes, you can uh, you can find out all the information about Cartridge, and um, they will have normal hours soon. <laughs> Life will feel a little bit normal soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, uh, you can... See pictures on social media. Follow the Gnarly Gnome on all of that stuff. Follow Cartridge on all of that stuff, too. And, um, yeah, thank you guys very much. Thank you very thank much you. for coming out. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. This was Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>